let's just start with a uh, giant congratulations because we have named the podcast. That's right. Let well, it, yeah, congratulations. It. Yeah, quick round of applause. Right. Go, go ahead and pat <laughs> yourself on the back there, Chris. <laughs> right. What do you got, Nick? What's the name? Uh, the Behind the Glass Hunting Podcast mm-hmm. or Behind the Glass Hunting. Um, yeah, so last time we didn't have a name. Now we do. So that's a, that's a step forward. Um, we're hopefully taking step forwards audio-wise. Last time, there's just there's room for improvement. There's a little bit of a, an echo on, on Chris's audio track, which is my fault. So, um, yeah, trying to take steps forward here. Hopefully we do a little better. How's the, how's the fault on my audio track? No, no, it's my fault. I know that. <laughs> I want that to be very clear. <laughs> it's the, your... the echo came through with the, the mic that I'm using. It picked up your voice in my headphones. Oh. Uh, and so it there was a slight delay and there's a very faint echo of your voice coming through from my headphones. So this time I've turned my volume down on my headphones. So hopefully my mic doesn't pick it up. Fantastic. That's what I really like to hear. Trying to be a pro. Yeah. And uh, very exciting. We've got our first guest on the podcast. Yeah. That's right. Friend. Thanks for having me, boys. It's a fellow hunter. How exciting it filmmaker photographer just all around good guy fellow australian mind you uh sean badart yeah thanks for having me i'm excited you guys are doing this what uh, what brought this about uh, enough time talking about trying to do it and never actually doing it so we decided to just yeah. do it I like a little it. bit of, of of vanity too as we discussed last episode i think mm. we just like hearing ourselves talk so <laughs> yeah that could be it well, you and I had a crack at this once before, Sean, but like we ran into speed bumps, speed bumps, roadblocks, not even, it's just like, I don't know, I chalked it up, I chalked it up as um, motivation was just lower. Yeah. It's- hey man, I listened to every episode and I loved it. I appreciate <laughs> that. I wanted more. <laughs> I think what's funny is that uh, I think we struggled because we had people scattered all over the lower mainland, right? And, uh, yeah, well, that was it. The motivation to drive two hours to like sit down, drink 10 beers and drive home. Yeah, I mean, the driving home is a challenge. We're, uh, but obviously we're in, we're in COVID-19 lockdown. So we're all doing this via Zoom now anyway. So essentially we just need a little bit of a, a push in the right direction and, and you're doing it anyway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the way to go, honestly. Like this is, it's so convenient. Just sit down in front of your computer. Once you figure out how to use Zoom. Holy man, Did, it um, took some. <laughs> then it's yeah it's easy so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll keep the frequency up yeah ideally that'd be really good um just like i've just had a quick thought here nick because we had a bit of hiccup on the first one you are still mm-hmm. recording right <laughs> oh yeah going on 16 minutes oh me too classic so uh for those of you that sat through the first episode that was actually take two of episode number one because uh, we had a recording malfunction. Anyway, let's get right down to the meatballs here with Sean. Um, Sean, you're a fellow Australian like I am. Uh, what what are you doing here in beautiful British Columbia, hunting and fishing? How'd this all come about? Yeah, so I moved over here, um, I guess probably close to 18 months, months ago now with my fiance and uh, we were just kind of ready for a bit of a change. I've always, uh, always been interested in the in the 
I guess, Pacific Northwest and that whole uh, hunting, fishing lifestyle out here. So it was a pretty quick choice for us to move to Canada. We're pretty lucky being Australians. It's, it's pretty easy to get a visa over here. So yeah, we came over and, and hopefully want to stay a little longer if we can. You're in the midst of your PR application right now? Yeah, touch wood. Um, <laughs> all things being equal, I'll still be here in a year's time. So you had, what did you have to do tonight? Today, I had my medical, so they got to do blood tests and all that sort of stuff. And then we have to get our, uh, our common law relationship certified. So we oh, got to get signed off that we're legit. I've had to do that for my wife to be in Australia and for me to be here. And it's, uh, Nick, you've never been through it, but it's a crazy process. They want to see yeah. uh, like emails, like any form of communication, like way back. If you can have like credit card statements on Valentine's Day for the flowers you bought and got sent to her work. Like you have to validate your relationship. Legit. You have to validate really? your relationship. And like, that's so I made a joke with the, so when we did it for my wife to be in Australia, <clears throat> we just did it by ourselves like you're doing now, Sean. But uh, this time when we moved to Canada, I just, I'd had enough and I put my hands up in the air and I hired a lawyer. I'm not sure if it saved us any money or time, but we did it. Um, and I said, I just sort of made a bit of a joke, like about like sending dirty pictures and the lawyer did not bad an eyelid. She's like, yep, people send dirty pictures. <laughs> like intimate. There you go. Yeah. So if you want to. What do you mean? As proof that you're in a relationship? Yeah. Like he, That's weird. here's me doing the naked dance with this lady that I'm trying to get to sponsor me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing what Sean, is I'm offering uh... my camera services if you need like some up-to-date stuff. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll keep that in mind, but we might get a little gallery going just in case he's... <laughs> oh boy. This took, a, this took a bad turn. Hey Nick, you're the one who taught us how to use Zoom. If we yeah. use our powers for evil, that's your fault. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, yeah, I hope that comes through for you, Sean, because we like having Thanks, you around. Man. I like many, many things about you. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you ended up here, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. I feel like uh, I couldn't have, uh, couldn't have landed on my feet any better. Good, good group of guys, and it's uh, obviously opened the doors for a lot, of, a lot of good experiences for me as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you hunted and fished back home? You're a big fisherman. Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely spent more time fishing than hunting in Australia. The part of Australia that I'm from is, is Western Australia, and we have a, a pretty different hunting culture to what you'd see here in BC. It's primarily going to be um, feral species, and, and so we don't have um, the same kind of tag system or anything like that for the majority of our species. And it's, it's essentially limited to private land. So um, I grew up fishing, and that was something that I really uh, spent a lot of my time doing. And I miss it a little bit, if I'm honest, but... It's pretty good over here as well, right? The fishing is different here, though. I'll vouch for that. Yeah, it's totally the fishing different. That, for sure. The fishing that I did at home was purely salt water. Like there's, at least on my side of the country, there's very little freshwater angling. So it was a lot of surf casting, and then eventually, once I saved up and bought a little boat, it was uh, you know trying to fish off the back of reefs and stuff like that. So yeah, it's different, cool but still good. On the east coast of Australia, that's, I think it's a healthy mix of both freshwater and saltwater, but I definitely enjoyed freshwater a little more. I'm just not a beach guy. just don't like it that much. Um, yeah, so you mentioned before landing on your feet. Uh, you've got a pretty pretty cool job now. and You had that first job at the um, camera rental place. I was just place. at your, your old work today. The camera rental oh, no. place. 
Yeah, I was picking up some rentals. Picked up a a Canon. I don't know what their Cine lens, their Cine, yeah, lens series is called, but we got a fifty and then a a few Zeiss CP twos. Nice man. Yeah, so coming shoot. So I guess um, my last job in Australia was as a self-employed as a videographer. Yeah. And then that led me to a, a role working in a, a camera rental house here in Vancouver. And then uh, I like to say that I bought a shotgun and I, and I left with a job. So I went and uh, <laughs> had been kind of like bu- building a relationship with my local gun store and um, was lucky enough to join the team at Reliable back in December. And yeah, as much as I enjoyed my time at, at Gearbase, I haven't haven't really looked back. It's It's been good. Yeah, you're, you're as happy like as a, a pig and shit at, at that place. You seem to love it. Yeah, I, I really do. I get to, it's a great team there, and and we get to talk about stuff we really like and help people get stuff that they really like. And what's not to like? <laughs> Absolutely. The double-edged sword here is that you're uh, an avid hunter, and also very handy with the camera. So like you're speaking both Nick and my languages here. Yeah, having uh, having both of you are around is pretty cool because I get uh, a little bit of mentorship in each direction and. It, a little bit inspired in each direction. It, it's been pretty cool to to do that for sure. Uh, yeah, you're like the the hybrid uh, <laughs> between hunter and, and filmmaker. It's it's a tough line to walk, hey. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I, someone, just so to someone, know, you, you're terrible at it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you suck at it. You're a way better hunter. You don't you not don't pay enough attention to be a filmmaker. <laughs> you like it's get- there's animals. I'm on. <laughs> It, yeah, I've seen that sense take over. It definitely gets like that from time to time, for sure. Um, I think uh, our mutual friend Taylor said it's you, you got to treat it like church and state. Don't bring a rifle and a camera; bring one or the other. So yeah, which hmm. I think Nick, you like always preach this that you don't want to take a rifle on a hunt. You don't want to do anything that would take away from your craft. And yeah, it makes sense now after being in the bush with Sean while he's lumping. Uh, lugging around all these hunting gear and a camera that camera gear is just a paperweight it's not doing anything he's that that man's hunting yeah well one thing is that you're carrying twice as much not twice as much weight but unnecessary weight if you're carrying a rifle and a whole camera setup Uh, and it's two completely different focuses um that like i think some people do it really well people who document their own hunts but i don't know if i could do it I, I thought about this a couple of times. I'm not sure you might guys might be able to jump in for backpack hunting, the type of hunting we want to do. Would your camera kit and batteries and all the stuff that you bring, would that weigh the same as my hunting kit? Like, you know, my tripod and spotting scope, binoculars, rifle, ammo, things like that. Would that be, would they be about the same? Like if you took out all your camera gear and I took out all my hunting gear, would, have, would we have the same 25 pound bag left? Oh, like how much our packs would weigh without those specific types of gear? Right, that's not fair because your pack always weighs more. I'm just trying to like work out. <laughs> if I didn't go hunting and I went full backpack photography, would my pack still yeah. weigh the same as it would if I was hunting? Or would it weigh if more the or would it weigh less? equals the yeah. camera equipment. I've thought about that a lot. I think it might be similar. Like, like when I'm packing, I, I'm not setting myself up good where I'm like buying like massive lenses that are are there's definitely lighter options um and then lugging a, a gimbal around as well 
It's a lot. That, What's that, that like lugging a, a gimbal? Oh, you probably wouldn't know because I always seem to carry Sometimes it. Sometimes I offer. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are kind enough to carry things for me. I'm training though, so I can carry all my own gear. I did a leg workout today. Did you yes. really? Yeah. You guys are going to smoke me this year. I'm coming off an Feeling injury, so I'm, I've got no cardio, no strength, no nothing. So I'll, I'll be chasing you boys, which will be fun. That's good news for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I can stay ahead of your pace, my, my philosophy with hunting filmmaking is you can't make an interesting film if all your shots are from behind your subject. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Which is, it's an interesting thing. And Sean, you probably know about this as well, but like one, having the, trying to have the, the fitness and cardio to stay ahead of of someone and also the like situational awareness of when can i get in front of someone um while they're hunting and when can i really not do that where it's gonna like mess up a shot or you're gonna bump a, an animal or something like that absolutely it's it's a really challenging um line to try and walk and when you're spending five days just walking around looking for stuff or glassing it's it's hard to uh, both keep that diligence of keeping the camera up and getting your coverage because um, you never know when it's going to happen right so do you shoot flat out for five days or do you take it easy making sure that you're ready for the shot mm-hmm. uh, and it's obviously like i mean it, it it's a blend of both and then a little bit of good luck like um yeah. on the bison hunt that i was lucky enough to go on earlier in the year i filmed two bison being ta- being shot and both were kind of just because I was in the right place at the right time. Like we had hunters spread out across a valley. It was it was pretty tough hunting. And if anybody else happened to have been the person who who took the shot, I wouldn't have been there. So it's that balance of uh, keeping up and, and trying to get in front and then just being lucky a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Luck definitely seems to, to help out a lot anyways. That must but... have been a hell of a dynamic on that bison hunt, Sean. I mean, when you're loading up in the morning uh knowing that you're trying to capture a shot and you decide who you're going to follow that must have been like today i believe in this person <laughs> was the rest yeah of what's the, the strategy yeah, there was the rest like, of the this person going, seems huh? like the most competent hunter <laughs> that that's a tough question that i will not answer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well hey, you know what it paid off because you caught you, you got both the shots so obviously what your method worked yeah i sort of had a an idea in my head of of what i wanted to shoot as what I hoped might unfold. And, uh, and then I just figured, look, everyone here is in with a good chance. Everyone's putting in hard work. Everyone's a, a pretty experienced hunter. I mean, obviously one of the guys who has been doing it his whole life, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things you gotta, you gotta try and find the balance. Um, I knew I wanted some of the shots that some of the guys were getting. And, and to be honest, I knew I couldn't keep up with the guys on skis and snowshoes. Right. So that made it a fairly easy decision for a lot of it, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. Yeah. I feel like you have to kind of plan for the worst where you, you try and formulate a story in your head where there's going to be some story to pull from, from what you film if there's no successful shot. And then if something does happen like that, that's that's the cherry on top that that really makes it. But there's so that you're still walking away with something. Yeah, and that's not there for sure. And I think that like you've got to have a a bit of a plan going into it, but then also just keep an open mind and and try and 
Well, I shouldn't say that. It really depends what you're trying to produce. So I didn't have anyone that I was trying to produce anything specifically for. I, I right. wanted to go on this adventure because I wanted to be a part of the adventure and I, and I wanted to capture it, um, I guess, in, in my own way. So in that way, I was lucky that I didn't have anyone saying, hey, we need X, Y, Z shot. You know what I mean? So what I got is going to be the film that I make and that's that's okay. Yeah. Um, which is Yeah, like, and that's valuable. Creative freedom. Absolutely. It's awesome. I'm excited to see what you got, man. Every time you post like a little clip, I get really excited. Like that snowmobile clip. Of, <laughs> yeah, of dude, that was funny. What, did, was what was awesome. your comment on that? That was hilarious. Well, it's uh, it's just Devin like ripping down one of the no, straights. But, and... No, but you had a good like meme style comment to it. Yeah. So, well, the shot is essentially Devin kind of ripping past us. And as he, he gives the sled some gas, it like lifts up one of the skis on the front. And uh, I guess <laughs> the caption was, uh, once the pubs finally open after COVID, <laughs> it's getting tough man i love you guys but i'm ready to go out for like a you know a decent burger and and watch some ufc at a bar <laughs> dude yeah talking to burgers we had venny burgers tonight and cass baked the buns like Ooh, very nice cass like did some homemade bread buns it was pretty legit sounds amazing sounds really good. i'm actually thoroughly uh, enjoying this covid thing like staying at home and just like the things we're achieving at home are they're You're getting so much work done in your backyard. Tons. You built a chicken coop. Building a chicken Tell coop. Tell us about that. Yeah. We're home. You're going off the grid. You're, you're sourcing your own protein through eggs. We're homesteading. We're going full homesteading. Yeah. Did you finish the, the chicken coop? No. I've also got... <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing all day? Oh, man? dude, don't even get me started. It's called fatherhood and it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not terrible. You don't mean that. About that. I don't mean that, but yeah, we got a newborn and... I spend a lot of time keeping the two-year-old busy, so that, good, man. so that the so that the newborn can torment mummy, and then we swap for a little bit, and yeah, just not much happens. But I did <laughs> I, source, mean, it... I did source some tin with uh for a box of beer, so I've got a roof and side in for my chicken coop. Nice. Yeah. Doing a little bartering. Yeah, that's the best way to do bartering it. Bartering with the neighbors or something. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um. On the COVID, Sean, you've told us some good stuff, some good stories at, from Reliable Gun there about uh, the COVID panic buying. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting time, right? So we uh, we shut our store. Um, there wasn't really any way that we could safely stay open and operate and keep ourselves and our, and our customers safe. So we, we closed the doors and went to online-only sales. And I think all... Um, I guess all major events like this kind of thing, not that we've seen a lot like it, but, but all big disasters or all big events tend to inspire people to stock up on the things that they think they need. And people in the firearms community like to have what they, what they need, right? So we had, uh, we've got all sorts of people stocking up from guys who decided they might need to go and hunt for food for the first time, which is, is kind of funny to think about. If you think about the success that you had in your first season and that I had last season, it's, mm -hmm. it's just not that simple, right? Yeah. No. And then there's obviously the guys Which that who, might actually uh, be a good thing. Because, you know, when the, the, the media always makes out that we're just out there killing everything we see, hopefully with this wave of new hunters going out there and coming up empty-handed, hopefully that some have success, but most of them come up empty-handed, they'll be like, holy crap, maybe this, is, uh, this isn't just shooting fish in a bucket like we've been saying it was all these years. Yeah, and I think it's a good time to start, if, if any time. It's practical. Just got uh, deemed in a, was it an essential service or an essential practice? in bc uh yeah whatever it was it was essential yeah so hunting and fishing yeah. in british columbia was deemed essential and shall not be harmed which is, which is great 
great to to feel that support from the provincial government in that regard anyways yeah i don't think it came without a bit of arm twisting but right i'm glad it's it's, uh, it's cool it's tough to argue that uh people can go to the grocery store but if you hunt you can't go to your grocery store right like that yeah that's 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 a romantic way to look at it but in reality for I'm I'm incredibly lucky to, to be doing so, but I haven't really bought a lot of red meat in in quite a while now, and uh, that's through no success of my own. <laughs> that's what happens when you go on a bison hunt, I guess. But uh, for yeah, us, that's a lot of meat well, that's a team. Bison, that's eh? a team success. I don't, it, don't discount that for sure. And it's yeah. it's where we do genuinely get our food and our groceries from now. So um, I'm glad that we have the opportunity to do that. And I'll be honest, it's it's pretty awesome to uh just to get out after a long winter and all this covid thing and it's just nice to be out in the mountains taking a gun for a walk for sure for sure what's nice. you got like you're in vancouver i'm out in the sticks um like is public transport still open mm-hmm. how the hell yeah, does so that make sense didn't they make bus bus passes free or you don't have to pay to use the bus yeah, that's right. Yeah, so because you're going to get COVID like if you get on a bus. Intuitive. <laughs> I, I believe that buses are free. Um, I'm purely speculating, but I believe it's because they probably can't guarantee you can get on, right? So the way that they've done it is you, you're not allowed to stand on the bus and they've blocked off a series of seats so that you're essentially enforcing some um, some distance. You're not allowed to stand. Like yeah, everyone, so everyone's got to be seated to two meters apart. Okay, so you, so you have that that distance yes oh, and we're, right. yeah. okay. that makes sense in a block of four seats potentially only one to two would be open and the rest are like mm-hmm. taped off and and there's signs saying don't sit there so interesting um, for sure. okay that one was really like ruffling my feathers i'm thinking how are they cramming people into buses but i can't go well i can go but when they were thinking that they could we're gonna ban it yeah how can they do this and i can't go hunting and fishing it's it's a tough balance and um at the end of the day, like people got to get to work, right? If that's how you get to the yeah. hospital where you work, or that's how that's how we get to work, then you know what? When you put it like that, yeah, okay, I understand. It's tough. There's a there's an argument either way, right? But... Yeah, for sure, totally for sure. Anyway, crazy times we're living in. Very exciting. Um, so what's the yeah you, you had? So you've got all the new hunters and fishing coming, hunters and fishermen coming through, loading up on ammo and. Who else is who else is hoarding ammunition and firearms? What's going on in there? <laughs> I think weird? it's uh, nothing nothing too exciting. I mean, it, I think a lot of people are stuck at home and enjoying the ability to online shop. So maybe people who are uh, been eyeing something off, are uh, pulling the trigger. No pun intended. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, our that- uh, our Canadian dollar is is weakened a little bit compared to the U.S. dollar. So with most most. A large portion, I won't say most, but a large portion of firearms and ammunition coming out of the U.S., people are uh, people are going to see a, a bit of an increase in price, unfortunately. So I think the people who know what they need and know what they want are stocking up now and getting what they can. I mean, I myself have put aside a few extra boxes of ammo so I can get my practice in over the summer and just have to see how it comes. Nice. Do you think it's uh, some of the same people that have 500 rolls of toilet toilet paper sitting in their in their house? It's tough, man, and, and it's online only, right? So it's tough to make okay. the judgments from. Um, yeah, <laughs> but we we get all sorts. Uh, so who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's too good. I'm running out of toilet paper, so I'm actually going to need to go stock up. If you know that, yeah, guy. that's the thing, hey. Mm-hmm. Like the the toilet paper craze was happening, and it it happened right as 
You pooped I yourself. Was actually running out of toilet paper. <laughs> but I was I think I was holding off out of like stubbornness and like I'm not going to be the per- like one of the the people that's just buying up all the toilet paper for no reason. I'm only going to buy it when I need it and then it was getting a little bit tight. But found some. So, it's all good. For sure. What I've uh, what I've experienced um, personally is uh, somewhat different to the the story that you get from the media. Now, admittedly, there is no toilet paper on the shelves, but at least um, the people that I'm rubbing shoulders with and the friends that I have in this area, if anything, we're looking out for each other more than ever. And it's it's actually been nice in a way. It's like, hey, we actually bought some toilet paper today. Give us a shout if you need some, and we'll drop some at your door, and you can come pick it up. That kind of thing. So. For sure. In a way, the I sense feel like, of community is um, crazy right now. Yeah, so right it's attitude, great. Man. Absolutely. Made any new friends that way? Done a nice deed for someone you didn't know? No, nah, dude, I'm only looking after my own people. You know that. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I've got a neighbor and that I've never... I've actually... We're in, we're in a weird spot here. My neighbor's on either side. We barely talk to, but across the road, we're really chummy with. Super weird. Anyway, both sides have like come over and delivered like things to the garden and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Lice, I just I had to Lysol a uh, raspberry plant yesterday. <laughs> no, I, did I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> just kill it. Uh, I did not. I did not. <laughs> Brutal. No, but I am really enjoying it. Um, yeah, like the, the sense of community that you're talking about there and just the valued relationships. Absolutely. Now that the humdrum of, you know, of all the... BS that you have to go through on the day today is sort of out of the picture. I'm a lot more invested in the relationships I really care about, you know, with you boys and other friends. More phone, well, not more phone calls, but you know, like a more tangible phone call opposed to getting worn out talking crap with the sales clerk at the trade desk or something like that. Yeah, yeah it seems like it can be like a more intentional time relationally where you you realize how valuable that really is to you when it's it's kind of taken away and. And you, you have to seek that out a little bit more. But I think in some ways it's it's strengthened relationships for me a little bit. Yeah, I'd say we feel the same. And um, if anything, it's it's slowed the pace of life down a little bit where you do stop and, and enjoy those small things a little bit. I don't hate it. I'll be honest. I don't, I don't hate it. No, I love it. It's good. I think it's great. I'd, I'd like everyone to stop getting sick and dying. Yeah, but in terms that's a good of like, there. <laughs> in, ter- uh, yeah. in terms of staying home and like family time and whatnot, yeah, really, really thoroughly enjoying yeah. it. That's a good, that's a good, good to draw positives for sure. Yeah, I, I had to laugh just the other day. Time. Oh yeah, I was thinking, uh, I'm probably just living how my grandparents did anyway. Like I go to the store once <laughs> huh. a once a week, once a fortnight. I plan out yeah. my meals. I cook a bunch of stuff. I take my lunches to work. Yeah, I'm like just talk to the people that I work with and I, we all look after each other and, and that's kind of it. I'm like, oh, this is just how everyone else normally lives. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, like takes the world us... kind of gets a little smaller. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's too good. Um, that's really cool. <laughs> so, Sean, I want, yeah, I, want to, I want to talk a bit more about your employment there at Reliable, if you don't mind. You were employed, you don't have to talk about this if you don't want, but to... With you to bring your photography and filmmaking skills to the table, you weren't just there. It was a pretty face to sell guns. So, like, what does that look like for making content? I guess for reliable. Like, what does that look like? How does that work? Like, what is the? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a question that I don't have all the answers to just yet, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing for us. We're a 
um, we're a company that's been around for a long time. I think it's our seventieth year in business this year, um, under the same the same ownership essentially. So, it's a pretty small business. So to take a a business like that and and start you know building media content and stuff like that's pretty new. So. We're kind of taking it one step at a time, but I think we have some plans to start looking to create some of our own content and uh, I don't know if celebrates the right word, but really kind of embody what it is that, why we all want to be there, why we want to come to work. So obviously I have a, a strong passion for the hunting side of things and there's guys who are right into the uh, the sport shooting kind of stuff or the long range shooting. So we really just want to um, really capture that and uh, I think that's something that'll resonate with our customer base and I think it'd be a good thing. Yeah, so all the pretty photos and stuff of the guns, that's all you taking that? Yeah, we do our own used gun photos, which um, helps yeah. sell. I think the biggest... That beer uh, looks good. <laughs> it is good. Thanks to uh, our mutual Irish friend there for dropping that one off. Oof. Um, yeah, the biggest compliment we can get is uh, we'll sell a used gun online and, and someone will email and be like, hey, can you send a picture of the actual gun though? I'm like, no, no, we did this. This is good. Really? Yeah, I mean, good lights do a lot. <laughs> It's not, it's not that hard. You just got to set up decent lighting. But. Yeah, and like you'd think if you look through all the pictures, you notice they were all the same. Like you're not using stock photos. Like this is the photos. For sure. Not all the same. Well, you know, like they, all, they, think, yeah. they think you just pulled a photo of that model of gun, not that that's the actual item that you're selling because it's so like high, high quality. Yeah, I guess that's the thought behind it for sure. What about that sweet That's little sweet. number that you that you're trying to flip for me? Did somebody email and say, "Can you send us a picture of the real gun?" Oh, maybe I haven't got to the photos of your gun yet, bud. <laughs> oh, okay. You're you're selling a gun through that? And you, but you had you told me you had a hit, and that was no photo. You got a hit? Yeah, man. Dang. I you're a, uh, you're a good people want guns. Yeah, what can I say? <laughs> did you, did you, nothing. You don't need to say anything more. It's already, it's already been said. Let's. <laughs> There's got to be sure. some. Um, there's got to be like some pros and cons of working in the fireman industry, in terms of blurred vision, tunnel vision, and running down yeah, rabbit the, holes with things that you really probably don't need or you want. You know anything um, about uh, that? No, I don't know nothing about that. As long as my partner's <laughs> going to hear this. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we we have a little thing called the sickness, and uh, the I think sickness. we all have it. That's why we work in the firearms industry. So. Um, be it the newest, newest, latest, and greatest long-range precision cartridge, or uh, some cool bougie hand-carved wooden stock boutique rifle <laughs> that we have absolutely no real use for, but it looks cool, so we better have it. But, uh, yeah, right. So you've got a pretty healthy collection in terms of the other boys at the store. Like, are you you probably just a rookie? Yeah, teeny, teeny, tiny baby steps. Really? Um, but I, I don't want to rat anybody out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, good call, good call. <laughs> no, we, we all do well. One of the one of the perks is is definitely um, getting to handle and, and getting to play with some of the stuff that you probably wouldn't normally do. Right. Um, so it's been good. I'm I'm uh, definitely upgraded a couple of bits and pieces and, and got into a few other items that have been a lot of fun. But at the end of the day, it's it does just become stuff and. Uh, it's the getting out and using it that's the best part, right? And that's one of the things that's mm -hmm. that's great about being in the in the industry is the people that you meet and the you know the experiences that you get to have because you're just brushing shoulders with a lot of like-minded people. Mm -hmm. it can be kind of uh, it can be a little isolating. Um, maybe it's just me as a as a fairly new person here, but down the lower mainland, there's not that many people who would call themselves a gun nut. <laughs> 
so it's nice to rub shoulders and and uh, get to talk shop. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, it seems like guns and hunting is quite polarizing. Mm-hmm. I've I have a bit of a a personal story to transition to, if that's all right. <laughs> um, encouraged. That's encouraged. Yeah. So so along that line, I had the the experience of of that sort of polarization of hunting affecting my my dating life recently. Oh, here we go. This <laughs> you have my full attention, be... Nick. Lay it on yeah. me. <laughs> I was I was tuning into like doing Instagram. Yeah, I was, posts, I was saving. I was saving. I was saving this story for the for the podcast here, and I'm not going to get into it too much. Yes, you are. But... Every last. Yes, no, you no, are. <laughs> I want a name and address. It's 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 to to introduce uh, a conversation topic, but <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I was talking to this one person and they found or they saw on my Instagram that or I posted something from a hunt that we were on. They were like, oh, you shoot animals. Oh, no. And so I, I, I got the opportunity to give the the full hunting evangelist spiel. And basically, I just regurgitated what I've heard Chris say before. Good classic <laughs> move. <'Cause> classic. <laughs> yeah. Because I really, I really like the way that you uh, you articulate that um, in terms of um, ethically sourcing food and meat specifically. Um, and and one thing, well, I don't know, I don't know if you want to like share your what your stance is on it or what your what's what's your what's your hunting evangelist pitch. I feel really bad, Nick. I know I said I had, you had my full attention, but I kind of zoned out a little bit. <laughs> just lay out that question for me one more time what's so if you're if you're you have a random encounter with someone say you're at the grocery store because that's the only place you can can we just before people. we go into that i think it's really good yeah. i want to go back to the date uh, <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i don't want details i just want to know okay so you shoot animals for fun because you're a big man right right that's what they, that's what i get told on my instagram yeah um, right yeah and you said, yes, I eat meat. So do you. You killed meat with your credit card. I kill it with a gun, blah, blah, blah. What did she say to that? Uh, I respect it, but I don't agree with it, which is like super, like, I think uh, a, a very appropriate and, and level-headed response. I think there's a lot of respect, people who would like maybe, maybe go. I'm calling big cop out, that. Nick. Yeah, big I'm calling big cop out. What? No, I think I'm, she. I think that was cheap on her behalf. To be honest, I hope she doesn't listen to this. I hope the whole relationship's over. Um. Uh, what What did she say? Respect, but don't agree. Yeah, she can. I think that's fine. I don't think she can. I don't think that's true. I don't think she can do that. It. Why? How can you? Justify? How can you? How can you respect it? but not agree with it. Because if you respect it, you agree that it makes logical sense to source your own meat. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's just the killing animals part. I, so the cow she ate it. was still alive. She might be a vegan. I don't even know. She probably is. Nothing wrong with, <laughs> nothing wrong with vegans. There's nothing wrong with that. And it, that's like it's a choice that's on a very personal level. If I didn't um, hunt and fish... Truly, I'd be a vegan. Yeah? Yeah, like there's like major health benefits to not getting involved in commercial. Nothing. Not consuming commercially produced. Yeah. 
Me. Nothing wrong with don't offend our farming friends out there. We love you guys, but um Hey man, that's my background. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the a lot of my my day job work is for farmers, so I don't want to upset too many yeah, of them. Yeah. But uh um yeah, I don't yeah, know. Can like, you go into that deeper of like of of what you're yeah, with with hunting and, and just sourcing your own like that's as free range, in my opinion, that's as free range as, as meat gets. Yeah, it is free range, but you can't go ahead and call it organic because you don't actually know what it was eaten. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? It could have been licking a motor yeah. oil container that some asshole left in the bush. Right. So that's not an organic deer. Um, it's just, there's no impact on the world for shooting a deer. You know what I mean? But like to raise cows, you're dealing with like mass pollution that they've got to deal with. Yeah, the methane from their farts, right? Right. Well, and the like the E. coli outbreak came from cow manure. And just everything involved with sure. producing. Sean, you better fact check that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not fact checking it. No, don't. Worry about it. <laughs> this is an un. This is an unfact checked podcast. I think, no, no, like, I'm, I'm pretty if, sure. If I can chirp in for a sec, the, I think you should. The thing with ethics is that we all have our own individual uh, passion projects and the things that we really, really care about, right? Totally. Right. And maybe for that person, the the uh, the person in question, it's it's something that they're not that fussed about. And then when they think, "Geez, why would you want to kill animals for fun?" That's as far as their thinking goes. Whereas for me, I think. It, it's pretty important to try and be as objective as you can and at least admit to and, and look at the hypocrisy. So for me, if I said, oh, I only I hunt only for ethically sourced meat, we'd have to call bullshit because I had a great burger on the way home from my medical today and I'll probably right. have another one in the next month or so, right? Uh, right. Yeah. But still. So I, I think it's important to acknowledge your own your own bias and your own uh, your own perspective in that, right? So... Maybe, like you say, that person uh, that person is a vegan and, and does have the moral high ground to say, hey, it's wrong to eat meat, it's wrong to shoot animals because you want to eat their meat, end of story. And say, hey, you know what, if you, don't, if you can live a truly harm-free life, then m- maybe you do have the moral high ground here. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think we're all a little bit full of shit from time to time, right? <laughs> we, all, yeah, we all have to admit, like, <laughs> you know what, there's no, my worldview is not, is not pure, it's not 100% correct. I've I've grown a lot. I got a lot of space to grow, and if you keep an open and, and try and try and keep a humble mindset to it, I think only positive things can happen. And the you know y- you were speaking to being like a a bit of a hunting evangelist, which I think is super important. Um, but you got to do it in in that same way that you do. You say, hey, look, th- this is what I want to do. This is how I choose to live my life. I it doesn't mean it's for everybody. In fact, if everybody did hunt, it'd be even more difficult, believe it or not, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it would have an impact. There would be no deer or it would be draw only for deer and things like that. So there's no, we can't sit here and say that hunting is the only solution to ethically sourced X, Y, Z, because it just wouldn't work if all 7 right. billion of us did it, right? Right. It's not the correct way, but there is a correct way to go about it. Sorry, say that again? It's not the like the correct way to live your life necessarily but there is a correct way to go about hunting i would say i mean i'm telling you for yeah. me it's the right way to live my life yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but for no, me I, I, yeah i, I, I speak, yeah, I speak for myself everyone's, everyone's their own person and yeah exactly right uh, yeah yeah and there's, there's no reason chris that you're 
quote unquote farmed chickens, the chickens that you're going to have, you know, that, that can be a perfectly ethically sourced uh, oh, I'm eating them. source of protein for your family. We're eating. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get the eggs. You're going <laughs> to have roast chicken twice a week, right? <laughs> I'm told there's not much meat on laying birds. So nope. apparently uh, they'll be good for stew and stock bones. Yeah, everyone says that. Be fine. People say that about grouse. Laying chickens are scrawny. I worked on a chicken farm, so I know this. Yeah. Well, we'll do something. We'll have to get like, maybe we'll get a turkey in there. I think a turkey might beat up the chickens. They're kind of mean, man. Yeah, turkeys are dicks. I hate turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I also I worked before I worked on the chicken farm, I worked on a turkey farm. <laughs> turkeys are awful animals. Might be actually my least favorite animal. They're really? pretty ugly, man. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. They've got a scrotum they, on their face. When you walk through the barns, they'll they'll like chase at you and, and nip at your, your heels a little bit, like jump at you. They're not nice. And they're big. Yeah, they are big. They're heavy. Oh, all right, boys. What are we doing for 2020 hunting anyway? I don't make those plans. I know I you don't. Plans. I'm sort of directing this one at Sean. Sean makes his. I own. don't know. <laughs> I mean, I might. I'll probably get out for spring bear. You know, nothing big. Probably go on a moose and caribou hunt for Northwest Territories. Yeah, we'll see. Pretty casual. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, extremely, extremely lucky and uh, and blessed to be the recipient of a a wild sheep society raffle that I entered shout out to Devin for uh, letting me know about this cool raffle he was going to enter and saying, Oh, you know, if I win, I'll, uh, I'll pay you to come film with me. And I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to win it. And um, tongue in cheek, <laughs> of course. And uh, I, I absolutely couldn't believe it. And I still can't to this day, but I was lucky enough to win. So in, uh, in September, all things being equal and, and hopefully COVID won't affect that. Um, I'm going to be joining Canal Outfitters for a, a combination um, caribou and moose hunt for 10 days insane dude is absolutely so yeah i mean i i am just giggly thinking about it like it's the kind of thing that uh i mean i've dreamed about since a, as a kid and it's never even been something even close to being tangible i mean right i love the the diy the backpack hunts that we do but doing something like this is going to be just this crazy once in a lifetime experience and i'm i'm just so appreciative for it do you know much about that hunt? Like, what's it look like? Is it a, it's not a backpack. It's a, is it a horse thing or what, what's the deal? So I, I spoke with Glenda at, at Canole this week very briefly. Um, but essentially we'll, uh, we'll get to camp and then they actually use helicopters in the Northwest Territory. Hot so day. we'll take a, yeah, we'll take a really small oh. chopper and they'll fly us out to might be myself and the guide. And we'll fly out to pursue caribou first. And so then it will be jet boils, mountain house, like backpacking. So like exactly what we do. Yeah. Like this is perfect, right? And then uh, she says, once you shoot your caribou, let's say if, if we're successful, I don't want to jinx anything, but if, if we're successful, then we'll come back to the, the base camp and kind of refit and then head out for moose. So pretty wild. Um, so like, so she cool. says it's pretty tan, like she expects you to take both species. Um, I, I feel bad even talking about it, man. No, I did. I didn't ask too much, but she said, yeah, once you shoot your caribou, we'll bring you back and, and get you set up for moose. Jeez. Um, is it killer. barren ground? Is that barren ground caribou? Now I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it's mountain caribou, but, um, I'm still trying okay, to figure all cool. that, all that kind of stuff out. Um, I know the moose are going to be the, the Alaska Yukon moose. So they are traditionally pretty big. Um, I know the guy that won this same hunt last year. I think he 
didn't harvest a caribou, but he was able to take a moose, uh, which is pretty cool. So awesome. Yeah, it's it's you know, obviously I I really want to harvest an animal. I'd like to get a, a nice representative animal of of that area and that kind of thing. But realistically, for a guy who you know two years ago was probably sitting in a little boat fishing off the back of a reef somewhere in Australia to be able to be flying around in a helicopter looking for huge ass moose is just insane. Like I, I, I can't even articulate how crazy it is. And like I say, I keep, keep saying it, but I'm, I'm just so thankful and so appreciative for it. No, man, that's killer. Like that's an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. I saw the price tag mm-hmm. on that and that's something that that's money that I'd never be throwing at a hunt. That's for sure. No, I'm in the same position. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's a big financial commitment if, if you pay for that. And, um, yeah, it's probably not something I'd be able to do at least in the next, in, in this lifetime, to be honest. So yeah, Gee, well, I'm just, uh, just soaking it all in and, and making, starting to work on making sure I'm fit and pretty good shot with my rifle and all that kind of stuff and, and make sure every, I can really enjoy the experience. Are you thinking you'll take that new that new 308 that you just picked up? You thinking you'll take that up? Yeah. So I, I and what am I pick, even asking that for? You work in a gun store. You'll have nine guns between now and September. I mean, yeah, probably only nine because I'll be saving, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll see. Um, the plan, as it stands right now, is is to take the 308, and um, she mentioned that that should be fine. So oh, she did. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people take take bigger guns, but she also mentioned that the the moose rut in that area is the, sort of the fifteenth through to the seventeenth of September, and I'm there. I finish my hunt on the sixteenth. So, she mentioned that a lot of guys who rifle hunt take their animals at kind of bow ranges. So, at that range, yeah, definitely not going to have any issues with uh, that caliber. That's cool. What is, did she? What sort of shots did she tell you to expect for caribou? Or she didn't get into that. She suggested that most of the hunts, most of the shots are probably between 100 to 300 yards. So nothing crazy. And, and to be honest, that's, that's great. The closer I can get, the better. Um, I don't need to try and yeah. um, shoot it as far as possible. To me, the, the stalk and, and getting close is uh, a huge part of, of the hunts that I've experienced. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can get nice and close and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely, dude. I'm like green with envy. That's insane. <laughs> it's such a cool experience. Such a cool experience. And you're asking your old man to come out, but that fell through, I guess. Well, it's it's certainly something that I uh, I would have loved to be able to do. Um, I think now with the whole COVID situation, there's just oh, yeah. no chance that course, that's going to yeah. happen. Use your brain, he's, Chris. Uh, he's Great. back in Australia, but um, he's the guy that you know taught me to shoot as a kid and and all that kind of stuff so it, w- it would be a wicked experience to share with him but mm-hmm. we'll have to uh we'll have to chat about it over a over a beer hopefully um look down upon by some big antlers on the wall we'll see mm-hmm. oh big antlers on the wall your better halves come around or yeah i think they're gonna be too heavy. Or are you not allowed to <laughs> he's not allowed to... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see True. i think they're gonna be too heavy for her to take down that's good <laughs> i uh I, I have a good buddy who's an electrician who promised me a nice tall ladder to get up above where she could reach so we'll call it good <laughs> there you go perfect <laughs> yeah. oh man that's good um did she, uh, when you spoke to the, the outfitter up there, did they mention anything about add-ons? Because I know you were talking about trying to bring somebody, do something. Yeah. 
we had a pretty brief chat, and I didn't get it. Okay. Uh, I didn't get into too many specifics, and and I um, it it's certainly a, a possibility. Yeah. Uh, with using helicopters and and things like that, it's not uh, it's not a cheap operation to run. Of course, you think about uh, flying those little helos around and to get yeah, every to get aviation fuel there, hey? yeah to where they are is is pretty crazy. It's certainly not out of the question, and um, come with a price tag, I, I imagine though. Yeah, I've I'm rolling around the idea of of uh, seeing if Nick wants to come, and I know he's uh, I've sort of chatted to him loosely about it. We haven't we haven't discussed anything in great detail. The but... idea excites me greatly. <laughs> I'd love to have you <laughs> even more so now when you mention helicopters and everything. Oh yeah, man! Like I, I'd love to have you along, and and uh, the worst part about this is it's like I wish I could share this. I say the worst part. The only slight negative of this amazingly incredible experience, <laughs> if it could be even described as a negative, is that I wish I could uh, have you guys all there for it and. Oh, dude, All the guys who've kind of taken me under the wing and and helped me uh, learn the ropes to to the extent that I have, I'd I'd love to have everyone there, but we'll see. Hey man, when the podcast blows up, and we got like ten sponsors. We're gonna fund a hunt. Yeah, we'll all, well, yeah, we'll all go. <laughs> that sounds pretty wild. It's a pretty optimistic thought. But you said some pretty nice things about Reliable Gun. There, maybe they want to sponsor us. Hey. You know the, those guys. Uh, I don't, I don't want to uh, kiss too much ass, but they they look after us, and um, you know we'll see. No, they are good guys down there. Absolutely. What do you say? Should we uh, wrap that up for episode two, Sean Better? Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit. Thanks for having yeah, me on. Nice. I feel like uh, I feel like a privileged guest. I don't know why you picked me, other than the fact that I said I'd do it. <laughs> you're an interesting guy you're a bit of a you know like you're a, a good mix between me the hunter and nick the photographer so when you, you'd be able to be able to you'd be able to speak both languages so yeah like Although i can we speak australian we, we didn't we didn't do too much <laughs> photography talk today sorry nick that's all right okay we'll, we'll get that in the next one well, that right. sounds good yeah well thanks sean appreciate it buddy thanks for having me guys cheers